0: Amber, have you heard of the legend of Davy Jones's Locker? Davy Jones' Locker? Yes. It is said that the Locker is a dark place at the bottom of the ocean that becomes the final resting place for all
1: things lost at sea. Is that where all our unpublished episodes are? It is. But as sailors that are still
0: above water, do you know what we're going to do? Are we going down there to rescue them? Of course, but first we drink.
1: Cheers to all our lost episodes. Cheers to all our lost episodes. Veterans Drinking Vodka presents From the Locker of Davy Jones. Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, water, I don't know what day it is.
0: It's not morning right now, so math is not going to happen for me today. Yeah, it's in the third month, so water. Like, you're, you're down to like 30 days, huh? 29 days left. Yeah. We'll just start, we'll start the countdown instead of the count up.
1: Okay, that works for me.
0: What are you drinking, Amanda? Well, I got super crafty today.
1: Are you ready for this? I feel like it's something tropical, of course, but go it's ahead. It's not.
0: It's not tropical today. So Ooh, I. Not
1: disappointed,
0: no, you're not. It's better, or maybe not better, but laterally just as good. So I mixed some Deep Eddy lemon vodka today with some Skinny Syrups mm-hmm. Lemon Elderflower Flavor Infusion Syrup.
1: And I topped it with just some club soda. I don't even have, I'm, I'm, I don't even have words to say right now. Are you processing it? That's just, yeah. You always used to get on me about complicated drinks and you probably have listed the most complicated drink. It's since really not though, because look, you can get these skinny syrups that sound super, super fancy, but all they are is just a topper. And they change the whole flavor of your drink. I would have just put some ice cubes in the deep eddy lemonade vodka and called it a day.
0: <laughs> no, you no. wouldn't. You would have mixed it with
1: some like lemonade truly. That's also a very good possibility. <laughs> very good possibility. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Shrinking Vodka. We believe that every
0: veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to
1: Ruth Moore. She served in the United States Navy from 1986 to 1987 as an AG and then an HM. How are you doing today, Ruth,
2: and what are you drinking I am doing fantastic, and after a long day with patients, I am drinking coffee and Baileys.
1: Oh, I think that was a a drink that we had on the show recently because we recorded in the morning. Yeah, which we will never do again. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Definitely. I'm not a morning person. I
0: know. I think in that episode, I put straight whiskey in my coffee. Oh. That's tough. It, it was pretty delicious, actually. Some Hayes, <laughs> that creamer and some whiskey. It's Good to go. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think.
3: Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. We would like to give a huge thanks
1: to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.Rafa180.com or email at RafaCBD at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your story started?
2: Well, I am from New England. Um, I was born in Mass, and I grew up in Maine. I grew up very humble and very poor, and I knew that I did not want to stay in down east Maine when there was a whole world out there to adventure in, so I joined the Navy at 17 years old. Loved. The, the the camaraderie and love the Navy. Um, I didn't stay in as long as I had hoped. If people knew me, they knew my military story with MST. So I just really decided that um, I, I, I got out of the service and then I kind of floundered for a while. I mean, what did I tell you? Well, like when we,
1: we have one guest, there's like barriers. There's always like all these, yeah. ex- like being a veteran is something. And then, but there's other things that happen throughout our military careers. And we'll get a guest that has experienced something, whether it's suicidal ideation or med boards or MST. And once we have one guest and it's like floodgates open and all of a sudden we've been having, we had one med board. We knew it was a med board. He's still going through the med board. And then, like our past five people we've interviewed, have all been med boards. Yeah. And then we just interviewed our first chick. With uh, she had an MSD when she was in the in the Navy. The Navy. And here you are. So I'm gonna thank you in advance for coming on and being able to share share your story with us. Yeah. Um, really so funny. I will. Cheers to you right now. Cheers. Yeah. So you told us why you joined the navy i think that's a common thing maybe in the uh northeast yeah of the country uh, i'm from the same place and we weren't poor but my parents were not going to pay for my school <laughs> so and it's cold up there and it that
3: is no it wet. was 20
1: below today
0: all the yeah, more no.
3: for
1: this
0: day.
2: i know <laughs> you're drinking year. baileys and oh. coffee tonight Yes, that wind chill just about froze everything off, and I've lost a lot of weight. I can't afford to lose
0: those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have family that lives in Vermont, and so I track the weather through their Facebook posts all the time.
1: Mud season is here. <laughs> oh yeah, mud se- mud season is between winter and real spring. Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> mud when season that-, that
1: not many people know about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Between the, the winter and black fly season for us. Yeah. yeah. Black flies and mosquitoes before the real spring. <laughs>
1: oh, You're not allowed to talk about mosquitoes until you come to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I get big Texas.
2: <laughs> Everything's bigger and better.
1: <laughs> That's what they say, including the mosquitoes. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're better, but they're bigger. Okay. So, okay. Ruth, what made you decide to be an AG? I mean, um, I appreciate AGs. We like AGs a lot.
2: I actually was talking to Amanda before the show. I signed up for AC as an air traffic controller. I was incredibly short. I was four foot nine and I was too short from the seat to the eyes to read the monitors. So they cross trained me and I lost my AC school and I they sent me to AG instead because that was what was available. It's not what I signed up for. I and didn't
1: know there was a height requirement. I didn't either, yes. Because she yes. joined in the
0: eighties and we joined in the two thousands. I think that some of that changed as technology changed. But I can, yep. I can so, see where like not being able to see the old school monitors would have an effect.
1: So get a freaking booster seat, right? Just get her a photo. <laughs> I mean, a come on guy. now. Let her sit on her <laughs> legs or something. ACs don't
0: use
2: yeah. those maintenance manuals, anyways. Just sit on one of those. Yeah, I. I did my AG school in Chinute Air Force Base, Illinois, and loved the loved the data and the technical component of it. Loved the 27 states of the sky. Made some really good friends there and the Air Force Base. And Fell in love with the medical side on the Air Force Base, but I couldn't do anything because I was in AG school. One of my Air Force camaraderies, uh, she was uh, she was chilling and she was um, basically an Air Force medic or I guess what we would call corpsman, because that's where I ended up going. But it was kind of neat to start out as an AG. And that was where my first duty station took me was the Azores, Portugal. And I was unfortunately, again, one of those um, MST survivors from the Azores. And when I was recovering in Bethesda, because Lord knows you can't be sick and, and, you know, be, you know, lazy and in bed. They said, well, you know, you wanted to do medical, so we're going to strike you in and you're going to become a corpsman while you're still in the Navy. So while I was in Bethesda Naval Hospital, um, I was getting treatment, but I was also striking in and I became a corpsman. So I did all my manuals and testing there.
0: That's kind of That's a really neat
2: story to come out yeah. of such a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And and I grew up and I became a doc, so I actually have a functional or uh, an integrative practice, and I do functional and behavioral medicine here in Maine now.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: It's so amazing. Um, so you said Portugal, right? You went to Portugal. Yes. Portugal the And then this, this, the the, 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 you know that place in Virginia possible. Yeah. Bethesda. <laughs> Bethesda. <laughs> I cannot not say that, but yeah, it's not going to happen.
1: So <laughs> That's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> Amber helps me with my words sometimes when they fail me. How much
2: vodka have you had?
0: Um, not enough because not I'm enough. not saying words. My vocabulary gets better the more that I drink. Although algorithm is a word that I finally got under control. I was struggling with that one for a while.
2: Cinnamon's fun too.
0: Yeah. Algorithm. Um, And now I don't even help you anymore. I know. I got it. I fixed myself.
2: (laughs) But did you have any other duty stations besides those? No. Um, Unfortunately, I was discharged. When I was in Bethesda, they TAD'd me to the Marine Corps for a few weeks until the Marine Corps unit got their own dock in. So I kind of paddled around and played with the Marines for a few weeks. Loved it. And made some lifelong friends in the Marine Corps. And I will always be their doc. So the Marines were very possessive of their short little doc.
0: I feel like Marines are possessive of every doc that they have. Yeah. Like, that's their lifeline. So they treat you pretty good.
2: Yeah, they they treat you really well as far as a unit. But they kind of crush your social life afterwards. Because everyone in the Navy who wanted to dance with me on the floors, the Marines would stand around me and say, no.
0: No. How did I get a whole platoon of big brothers? This is exactly what I signed up for. (laughs) They're crazy. I guess
2: you've always been an East Coast girl then. Have you ever spent any time on the West Coast? Not to live, but when I was going through my clinicals, um, I was going back and forth to California for my clinicals. So a week at a time, twice a year. (laughs) Okay. So you got to spend a
0: little bit of time in California. Yep. Do you
2: have a coast preference? do i have a coast preference um yes the south
3: <laughs>
2: the gulf of mexico
0: coast hey, <laughs> it's warm. cheers to the gulf of mexico
1: yeah i will it's cheers warm. to that. i spend a lot of time there nowadays i do too
2: it's warm enjoy
1: the there. gulf coast
2: my sister who's an army veteran is buying property down in bama so uh we're, we're kind of looking, she's going to come up here and, and in the summertime and I'm going to go down to Bama in the wintertime and we're going to drive all the men crazy. We're just going to yep. leave our husbands alone and, you know, we're just going to go have fun. Snowbirded Whereabouts
1: else? in Alabama?
2: I don't know where she's been poking. She's been looking at property down there. Her and her hubby are getting ready to retire. They live in Kentucky. And okay. so she's raised her family and she's got grandchildren now. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I just want to go south where it's warm. time. Like it <laughs> Yeah. I keep forgetting when I'm looking at you that
1: you're you joined when I was born and I couldn't I would never but you don't look your age at all whatsoever and so talking about your sister who has grandchildren and I'm like y'all are y'all know I mean I don't know what your sister looks like but she looks so like weird. she
2: she looks a little bit like me she's a little bit thinner feature in the face and she's got red hair But yeah, Kathy, Kathy's a little bit younger than me. I'm 52 and we just have good native genetics. We're both natives. So good native genetics.
1: (laughs) Natives do have really good genetics. Hot Sean. Shout out to Hot Sean. Shout out to Hot Sean. All right. Here you go. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a YouTube um, video for people
0: to see. Yeah. Ruth has got it. Like we got hot Sean and hot (laughs) Ruth.
2: Hot Ruth. Hot
0: Ruth. Yeah. Because to join
2: the hot club. There you go. (laughs) So, but I have to tell you, and that might lead into some stuff later on. I told you I've been, you know, doing functional medicine and my brother Richard does functional medicine. He saved my life. And so that's the really big thing because in, July of last year, I weighed 220 pounds. And so by changing my diet and I work out every morning at 530, I don't just talk the talk. I actually walk the walk as a healthcare provider and I've lost a crap ton of weight. And so that's what I'm doing is I'm helping our veterans now use functional medicine and do the testing so that they don't have the chronic inflammation and problems that I developed over 10 years, because the VA didn't quite catch what was going on with me, even though I kept asking them for certain tests, they didn't do it. So Richard looked at me one day, he says, you know, sis, you look like crap. And I said, gee, thanks for sharing it that way. He says, no, seriously. He says, you look like crap. Let's do some tests. And we did. And we found out that I was just, you know, within two to three months of having a major stroke, and I my weight was out of control chronic pain, seizure disorder, and all of that has pretty much resolved since we changed my diet. Oh, wow. All that just yeah. from diet change. That's yeah. insane. Yeah.
0: You know, I think a lot of times because we're such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Culture of instant gratification that a lot of times we're just looking for a pill that will help us and not a lifestyle change because that takes longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. even think it's like the, the instant gratification of weight loss people. It's super easy to gain weight and no one understands that it's not super easy to lose it.
0: But even the instant gratification of taking a pharmaceutical to take the pain away from being overweight. So your joints hurt, or some different things like that is it's easier to take a pill than it is to put the work in to get better.
2: Yeah, there have been a lot of days where there have been a lot of tears, but I might need your workout plan. I'm fucking up now. Fuck my life. Let me see those guns. Here's the- those guns, Amber.
1: Know- Why does every Ryan thinks I have guns too? I don't have guns. He's got.
2: You have guns. He's got I some nice arms, guns. like shoulders, <laughs> arms. Yeah.
1: There's no muscle. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That is nice. <laughs> no, girl, right there, Ruth. This is definitely a perfect YouTube episode. Yeah, y'all have to check out
0: YouTube to see Ruth's beautiful face and those guns she's carrying around with her.
1: Yeah. Ah, like she. Well, can we cheers? Can I think it. we need a a cheers real quick, Amanda, yeah. to um, Ruth and her weight loss journey and everyone and, else's and those guns.
2: To yeah, yeah. you, my sisters. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, if you would like to contact Amber or myself for any further questions or for any reason at all, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. You can also email us at Veterans Drinking Vodka at gmail.com or check out our website, Veterans
1: In case anyone was confused about who we are. Everything is <laughs> Veterans Drinking Vodka. Like Amanda said, you can reach out to us pretty much anywhere, and we would love to hear from you. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast and telling your story, you can send us an email or a direct message.
3: Schwartz-Davidson Law is a Texas-based, veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game, and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us.
0: All right, Ruth, so, We do like to have a good time on this podcast, and we like to tell fun sea stories. Do you have a fun sea story you can tell us?
2: I do have a really fun sea story. So when I was playing with the Marine Corps after I was a corpsman, I had to do my quals, and I had to get a six-foot man over a six-foot barrier and the average weight was 180 pounds. So, and I had to do it by myself. Now I'm four foot nine at the time. Okay. I weighed 96 pounds soaking, and wet. So I, I told my volunteer, I said, dude, how much do you trust me? He says, you're buying me a drink afterwards. And I said, <laughs> good enough. Strapped him on the stretcher. Then I went ahead and um, stood his stretcher up against the wall. So his feet were down, his head was up. Reached down and got the bottom of the stretcher, stood up, locked my arms, stood up, and that boy went in the air, and I dumped him straight over the six-foot wall. Oh, my God. And I heard this, ah, punk. <laughs> like, Doc, I need you. <laughs> him on his head. <laughs> Whoops. And then as retaliation, when I went out with the unit afterwards, again I was 96 pounds, they put me in my sea bag and they hung me from the tent pole. And they said, Where's Doc? Oh, she's just hanging around. What's she doing? Oh, she's just all tied up right now. (laughs) And they left me there. Oh man. (laughs) T shirt.
1: Hey I back. I was drinking. Let me mark that down.
2: Hayback was merciless because one of the people who did that to me ended up laying his hand open with one of his knives as he was open, opening up his MREs. So he's like, doc, doc, I killed, my, I killed myself. I killed myself. I killed myself. I'm bleeding to death. And I was like, really? So I radioed ahead and I got permission to to put sutures in there, temporaries. You know, I did all the right tasks, made sure everything was okay. And so I had them all draped and sterile and ready to go. And he's like, doc, aren't you going to give me something for pain? And I smacked him just upside the head. And I said, oh, bucket up, Maureen, you can handle it. And <laughs> the reality was, if I had tried to numb him, it would have hurt worse than putting the temporary sutures in. <laughs> so then he started giving me a whole crap load of attitude. So oh I God. literally took a female surgical maxi pad like you use after having a baby <laughs> and i back rolled it and after i put the stitches in i put the tamp or the pad in his hand rolled his fingers over duct taped them, and then i sent him to bethesda <laughs> <laughs> and the surgeon's like uh corman um did he piss you off and i said yes sir he did he says good we'll teach him some respect while we're while he's here <laughs> Oh, and that boy come back and I never had to carry another rucksack in my life I'm <laughs> like don't mess with the duck. <laughs> so there's my sea story is it a fair one is it worthy of a toast it's that, yes absolutely
1: we will cheers here to, to the you again Ooh, Cheers awesome. to
0: the- I'm just like imagining her like not even tied up in the sea bag on a hook but like them putting her in the sea bag and doing a bar crawl, <laughs> like <laughs> what that's I thought that's her about Like a baby Yoda. <laughs> I know. Like they just ruck marked
2: their dock Yep. Yeah. So I will tell you my my name. Everybody has a nickname. I was called Pocket Doc because I fit in people's pockets.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's fabulous. Oh, we can cheers to Pocket Doc. I'm drinking Pocket water. So Pocket Doc. I'm, I'm gonna need to make a new drink in a minute. <laughs> oh. I'll slow down. We have another interview later.
0: I know. I'm gonna have the interviews. She just she's so exciting. Like we are just having a good old time here. Yeah, hey, I know All how right. to party. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our party, Ruth. Yes. The good, the bad, the ugly. Here we go. So <laughs> eventually after you got to be the pocket doc, you had to get out of the service mm-hmm. and go into civilian slash veteran life. How was
2: your transition? Well, I don't know if I can say those words legally on the air. Are they bad words? Are very bad words. Oh, oh yeah. You can, you can say them. They sucked. My transition sucked when I got out. I had no support. I was totally expecting those words to be worse none, no supports, whatever. So I have to be a doc. I mean, docs have to have professional communication. Okay. So they sucked really bad, but <laughs> it was fucking bullshit. Let me translate for her. Thank oh, you. Amber's got the translation. Perfect. So I had no support and the VA, when they, um, when I got out of the military, they made me sign my rights away because I was married to a serviceman and they said, well, you're going to get, all the medical benefits you need so you don't need to file a claim for you know being assaulted or you don't need to file a claim for all this because you're going to be taken care of for the rest of your life and I was just so like wow shell-shocked I did I signed my rights away and I didn't know any better and then back in 19 I, I I went from job to job to job I tried to get myself back in line I tried to get jobs in my interest rates and Back then, even now, Corman, um, you have no—you have to go to college, and you have to go for a full four years. They don't give you any type of grace for your 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 MOS in public life. And so I suffered, and I went back to school a couple times. Um, started in business, then I went to education, and finally I went into behaviorism, and now I'm in integrative health and medicine. I found my pathway but for a long time I didn't. And at one point it was really bad trying to get the therapy and support I needed. I was basically told that, you know, a lot of victim blaming, well, you deserved it type of stuff. And, uh, you know, you weren't, you're not a real soldier. You didn't go in combat and all of those, you you name it, you've heard it multiple times and I had no supports. And at one point I tried to take my life and I thank God that I did not um, succeed. But that really put me on the right path to realizing that there is so much more that we have to live for. And as sisters, we have got to really support or support each other because the guys aren't going to do it. You know, I, I have a wonderful husband. I've been married for well over two decades. My first husband ended up in a divorce because he was in the military and he tried all of those wonderful misogynistic tricks. And to be quite honest, and I I don't mind going on record and saying this, I'm what you consider twice blessed or two spirited. So I could have easily been with a female partner as well as with a male partner, most comfortable in both sets of identities, but I am exclusive to my husband. But the idea is I had no supports in either gender. I had no one to turn to. Even my own family didn't Provide any support for me, so pretty much by the grace of God or the Creator, um, however people want to call it, the universe of spirit, or maybe it's because I was just too damn stubborn. I survived and I thrived, and here I am now after taking care of myself, self care, years of therapy with the um, Vet Center, because the VA sure as hell wasn't helping me out, and moving forward with my life and finding my courage. And I, I think I blossomed when I went and testified in Washington, DC. I, I blossomed in front of Congress. And when uh, Congressman Runyon told me that I was still serving my country, even though I was out. And I think the best justice I had when I was when I looked at Harry Reid, and I asked him if he was effing high, because he said that people, men deserved to be raped because they were queer, if they were in the military. And I literally went off on him. I kind of lost my temper. And that was very therapeutic. And here I am now.
1: <laughs> You're so zen. Like, I can't even I imagine. Like the, But those are the people who normally live or can live their lives so calmly and peacefully. They are scary when they have to go to battle for something and i mm-hmm.
2: little uh, four
1: nine you said you're four nine
2: um, i grew actually when i was in the military i'm actually topped out at 61 inches now whole 61 <laughs> inches. you made the five foot mark i did i passed it
1: <laughs> but just this little ball of fury like calling people out in washington D.C. Yeah. that is fucking spectacular that is so i great. think
2: the term is rabid chihuahua that's how I've been <laughs>
0: described. Like a cabra. There you go. Maybe like like a honey badger. Hmm. Possibly. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't, don't give up. A
2: honey badger don't give up.
0: Snake bites them. They don't care. Have you ever seen that YouTube video? Uh, look up the honey badger YouTube video, and what we're telling you right now will make so much more sense.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Like, I will. Oh my gosh, I am a honey badger. <laughs> yeah they're great
1: can you um are you able to tell us a little bit about when you went to Washington DC and what you spoke about
2: I can um so right before the week before I went to Washington DC I was sitting in the local church in Bangor Maine and listening to them bitch me out because people didn't like me and because I had PTSD and um I I was an MST survivor and gosh, you know, didn't, you know, I shouldn't have enticed the men by wearing my military uniform. Anyway, I was like totally shell shocked at that point. And after I was getting up and walking out of that man's office and God, what a rotten person. When I walked out of that office, I got a phone call from our legislator, Shelly Pingree. And she said, Ruth, she said, how would you like to tell your story? Um, the House Veterans Affairs Committee would like to interview in Washington, D.C., and we'll pay all the bills. I was like, OK, does people want to really listen to me. I'm, You know, I, I don't want to be a wine ass or a complainer. And she said, no, she said, you are going to be the voice that rocks the world. So I went ahead and. Uh, I went ahead to Washington, DC, and I sat before the entire Veterans Affairs Committee, the house, I had my own little table. So the VA was the first group of people that testified. And then there was another group of people who testified doctors and experts. And then there was little old me. And then there was the VA again. So I was the only one who testified on my own panel. And I spoke about my experience in the military with MST. I talked about the way I tried to commit my commit suicide. I talked a lot about being homeless and being victimized and abused by my ex husband who threw me up against a wall and um, basically told me what his wife told or his, not why his mother told me it was my fault because I provoked him. And that's when I became homeless. I walked out and left everything and got in my van and left and I never went back. And so I brought all of this up to the VA, and I said, you know, what happened to me is real. It's had long-term effects, and I can't even get help. No one is, you know, helping me. They say it's all in my head. Here are my records. And before I had finished testifying, the VA actually opened my records administratively without my knowledge or permission and changed my disability rating so um and then i found out that they denied it and after i testified and so when i testified i literally opened up the floodgates of hell for the va because they i told exactly how they deleted my records how they hid my records and so i remember one guy from the va saying so you're telling so he was talking to one of the legislators he says so you're what you're saying is that um you're proving her disability by the fact that something isn't in her record well yeah because when you open up a military service record the left side is all of your lab chips. your right side is your soap notes and your vis every office visit i had lab chits without soap notes and i had soap notes without lab chips. Wow. Someone had altered my record and we used that to prove it. And that's when I was awarded 100% disability total and permanent because of what the VA had done wow. and because they had waited so long in providing the treatment and the help that I had needed. that's,
0: so that's right what, to being your own advocate. And so I what, do a lot of that I nowadays. Fight for you, the way that you'll fight for you. And if you wouldn't have done the things you did, then you'd still be wondering why your stuff was not approved when really pieces were missing.
2: I do a lot of advocacy work. Um, I have been a consultant to the VA for many, many years. I have kind of like a direct line to call into DC and to talk with the MST people as well. Um, It's not something I do very often because I prefer teaching people how to advocate for themselves. Rather than me doing the work for them, it's important that they do it because when they do it, they get a sense of empowerment. And it's it's the first way that they can recover. I mean, you can teach a man to fish, uh, you know, you give a man a fish and he's going to eat for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he's going to eat for the rest of his life. Same thing for MST survivors. If you, you know, do the advocacy for them, they might get a payment. They might go ahead and make, you know, their disability. But unless you teach them how to advocate and you stand behind them as they practice, they're not going to get anything after that. And believe me, when I got my settlement from the VA after fighting for you know so many years, it was 27 years, it was not a small piece of change. And I could I've I've helped people get larger settlements and I've seen people take those large settlements and pay off all their bills and then go out and blow it. Um, And with me, we started a, a nonprofit and we put the rest of it into investments because I'm not a spring chicken. My husband is 58. I'm 52. We're empty nesting now. We, our daughter's grown up and we have to, we have to be prepared for the future for the day that comes if we can't work. So I was a little bit different with, you know, what I did, but if you look up Ruth Moore Act, Two years after I testified in Congress, Shelley Pingree and the House of Representatives made the Ruth Moore Act. um, And that was to change Title 38. So veterans didn't have to go what I go through, what I went through, getting help. And then we went ahead uh, and we couldn't get that passed through the Senate. I love politics. But what President Obama did at the time was he said, "Okay, well, if we're not going to have the Senate playing fair and playing right, We're going to put it into the NDAA. So they took all the language of the Ruth Moore Act and they pushed pushed it through the National Defense Defense Authorization Act. So my story and the work that I did has helped over 12 million veterans so far. Wow. Um, Can we cheers to that?
1: Yes. I just got chills. Like my whole body just went. Me too. Like. Wow. That's incredible. Like I had no.
0: I Some didn't know we wonder. were
1: interviewing a VIP, Amanda. I didn't <laughs> How know
0: we were interviewing a superstar either. I just thought she was badass because she had a holistic medical
2: practice. How I mean, about we just say Dr. Ruth, Dr. Ruth is cool and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes,
0: Dr. I, Ruth Dr. <laughs> Dr. Ruth is a badass. That's like all these ladies <laughs> that are in um, phenomenal Facebook group that I'm part of. Every single
1: one of them we've interviewed
0: has been badass. Yeah. And oh,
1: we've done, yeah, almost actually what's, it's not surprising because I'm a female, but it's maybe surprising to our listeners or other veterans is that we have done, yes, we served, yes, we did our thing in the military, no matter what it was, even the smallest little things, just the fact that we were in the military, especially in the 80s, but to do the things that we do now we have talked to so many absolutely phenomenal female veterans that are kicking ass at life yeah, yeah. and it's it's an honor to be able to talk to someone like you Ruth or any of our previous yeah females that we've talked like, to and, and
0: i'm not taking low key from. moving mountains and it's really? not it's not really? very publicized they don't talk about it very often we drag it out of them kicking and screaming on this podcast because we think it's important but these lady veterans are like low-key moving
1: mountains and it's incredible. yeah it, it really really is and as female veterans we don't get enough credit as as we deserve anyway but then to look at the things that we're doing in the real world i mean mm-hmm. it's awesome it's it's, it's awesome. awesome
2: so i have a little secret for you which i showed you the avow magazine that my brother and i are featured in um, my brother has written a book he's one of the country's leading experts on gut health on gut health and, and internal you know functional medicine so i have been procrastinating for years and Next week, I should have my first independent book out. I've been co-published with a few other people, but I, people keep asking me about what I did, what my story is, how did I survive? And rather than writing this big, thick, long, boring book, I decided to do a book like a coaching session. And I have built a um, workbook type of book. It's called Building Resiliency, 32 Days to a Better You and so it is literally i need a
1: signed copy this is gonna come out way after the book but i totally need a signed copy
2: you got it yeah
1: i will send you my address
2: please do this is so we've decided that rather than me like boring everybody with my story or whatever because everybody knows you know my story once they hear ruth moore act we decided let's focus on what people can do to heal themselves and make themselves better. And so building a workbook type of environment, I'll give you a, a sneak preview Yay. that we have the very hard Dr. Ruth truths spread throughout that. Oh. And these are the one line snippets that, um, you know, I grew up with and that I've, you know, embodied over the years. Um, and one comes from my dear mother. She says, it's mind over matter. I don't mind and it doesn't matter. My mom used to say that too. So mm-hmm. I put lots of Dr. Ruth truth throughout the book. So it's really kind of catchy and interesting. And it's fun because people can work on it one day at a time and make yeah. progress.
1: Yeah. Oh, crazy. I'm so excited. I mean, I've been excited throughout this whole thing, but now I can't wait. I know it looks like you can't book. even <laughs>
0: Amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Do you want to throw out a shameless plug for your business?
2: Absolutely. So my office is um, in downtown Ellsworth, Maine. It's beautiful. I have an integrative practice, which means I do complementary medicine, um, alternative medicine as a Native American restorative therapist for my tribe. And I do... um, kind of like a bridge between um, standard medicine and all of those things working together. We help people get back on track. And my website is uh, downeastwellness.com. And a lot of people are really liking my website because they can go in and order functional medicine tests and I can interpret them over Zoom and give them a baseline for changing their lives Um, literally in two weeks, they get all the answers they need to get back on track and rebuild their health. So I love the work that I do. I love my veterans. My Mondays are free veterans days. So if I have veterans who walk in, um, their first appointment is free. And so that's my way of giving back to the community. And like I said, my brother Richard is right up the road for me. And so sometimes I refer patients to him. He refers patients to me but our focus is to help people reconnect with themselves and to build a better life. So. You
1: know that um and that will be in the show notes. So <laughs> people can click on that if they need to. I'm sure you can they can get a hold of you if they go to your website also. Yep.
2: But I'm also um, going to show you I'm the better looking one.
1: Oh yes, yeah. see this is definitely going to be people have to you watch this on YouTube so they oh, can yeah.
2: So I'm the better looking one. I'd I'm the younger agree. one.
1: I have to agree. I know. Yes. She is the better looking one. Yes. <laughs> cheers. Um, cheers to Ruth being better looking. Yeah, we can cheers to that also. But I want to say, and it's so important, I think, in the world that we live in now, what you're doing is underappreciated because I think that's where a lot of people get lost is not valuing themselves. Mm -hmm. To be able to teach them or show them how important you are as yourself changes everything else in the outside
2: world. People will change when they have a reason or a need to change. And people don't often change until they hit rock bottom. It was for me not with the mst it was for me when i had asked for help for 10 years and the va looked at me and i'm gonna okay i'm getting real close to the screen ruth you're fat quit eating so much and go on the move program and you'll feel better yeah okay yeah Um, No, I had leaky gut syndrome that literally affected my brain chemistry and it was eating my guts out from the inside out because they missed a simple food test that showed that I have a, a sensitivity to wheat and gluten. And when I put it through a functional DNA drive with Richard, we found out that it's not just an issue with wheat and gluten. My body can't process grains. It never could. And when we started in boot camp, that's when I started eating a lot of grains. So the VA literally almost killed me. And that's what was my, that was my point of rock bottom when I couldn't even climb up a set of stairs without huffing and puffing. And so that's really where I hit it. And everybody has a different point. Some people have chronic pain. Some people have no one to turn to. Some people have so many different issues. But when they hit rock bottom, that's the point where they make the decision to change. And by the way, Amber, I've been sitting here looking at your tats thinking, oh, my God, this woman is so beautiful. I love tats. Thank you. Thank you. I love your ink.
1: Thank you. I have a lot of it. Actually, I'm going to get more on Saturday.
2: Ooh. Yes. So thank you for having me on here. It has been really, really fun to be here. Um, I'd like you both to send me your information. And if you want my office phone, it's 207-619-4886. And, you know, connect with me. Um, I'll send you my my phone privately um, afterwards. But yeah, anything I can do to help my vets. I do go around the country and do speaking engagements from time to time. I kind of limit myself to five to six a year. I was in Houston last summer. Oh, <laughs> That's I flew through yeah. Houston and hablo un poquito espanol. <laughs> Just poquito, But, um, you know, I loved when it we, down
0: there. When we take this podcast on tour, we might ask you to come be a live guest speaker with us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Think, yeah. Probably... What are we thinking like next year or so? We're trying to go on tour, um, small smaller tours because Amber's still working at nine to five, but yeah. we that's our, our long-term goal with the podcast is to do VFW tours to raise awareness for mm-hmm. the VFW and American Legion programs because they're yeah. slowly dying and that
2: yeah, we our, our our legion, we've had two legions close up here, and we've got a third one that's kind of on the iffy mark. Seven. It's because all the veterans have aged out and there's nothing for the younger veterans to, to attract them mm-hmm. anymore. And yeah. so I support that. I'm a member of the Legion and I actively support our Legion, but um, yeah, if we yeah. can do something to help our vets, uh, I'm all on board.
0: Awesome. So yeah. other than your office number if our veterans wanted to reach out to you and continue this conversation, where can they find you?
2: Down wellness
0: at gmail.com. Perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes. And if you guys would like to connect with Ruth, she's doing incredible things in Maine. And I don't know how far her reach is, but I'm sure that she'll have a conversation with you to see if she can do uh, some things.
2: National. And we national. can do Zooms. We can do chat, video chats. Um, I can do phone calls. We're, we're pretty flexible. Yeah. And I will actually send you ladies some pictures after the show today. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Thank
0: you so much for coming on with us today. Yes, thank you. Can we do one stores? more
1: quick cheers? One more quick cheers. We can. You, are, you truly are incredible. Look at uh, that. Know, that. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. perfect. <laughs> We're all running low. Okay. <laughs> cheers
0: to my sisters. Yes. Cheers. Or not Amber. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ruth, I know earlier you mentioned that you had started a nonprofit. Did you want to let us know what
2: that nonprofit was? Called internity, I N T E R N I T Y. And you can find information. It's at internity Online or internity. internityonline.org. Okay. I think that's the way the, the thing is. Um, we have helped over 56,000 veterans get access to care and benefits. We've helped these veterans recoup recoup over $6 million in benefits, um, cash benefits, retro benefits. And we've helped them recoup almost $52 million in future health care because they've gotten their benefits. We've also developed a trauma-informed care card so that when we have veterans who have PTSD or sensory disorders, rather than having, um, you know, Episodes in public where the cops are called, they can present these cards and these cards have a safe number on the back that the veteran designates so that people understand they have PTSD or they have another disorder and they can't help themselves. They can't think through it right now. Um, And this was developed after we got a call at two o'clock in the morning for a uh, female veteran who was trying to commit suicide by cop. And so we, we developed these cards and we have put out, oh, Lord, I think at the last count we put out over 20,000 cards. We delivered um, probably our last thing was about 4,000 cards to Bethesda Walter Reed to the psych unit for the veterans who were getting out. So we That's get good. calls from the VA asking for those cards. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And it chills again. Damn I it. Know, she just keeps, she just keeps boosting her badassery level. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's, better to be, uh, it's better to be, it's better to under promise and over deliver. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> you have done that today, Ruth. We oh. love every minute of it.
2: You guys are awesome.
1: The reason why Amanda and I started this podcast was to not only share veterans stories and to network with other veterans, but to bring about the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day, and 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans Drinking Podcast. Cheers.